0: This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Torch Sports Podcast. This is the second week in a row we're doing this, which feels really weird since we took, I don't know, what, like four months off. But it's good to be back again, providing some uh, consistent content. We had uh, no home athletics this past weekend, so the Torch Sports section was filled with a couple stories that are a little bit different than what you're probably used to seeing, a couple nice feature stories, a hockey recap, and then if you checked online, um, there should be a sports... Betting story that Jeffrey put out. So we'll go ahead and start start with these uh, feature stories. We got finally got Walt Kelser to to do a feature what, four years into his career here? Four years into
0: his career here. It was it was astonishing that nobody else had came up with that idea, and I was I was all for it, uh, and I got to chat with some very cool people, uh, Greg Kelser especially, who's a legend when it comes to Michigan basketball, does broadcasting with the Pistons, so that was cool as well, but just getting to know how that, that family really has bonded and grew with, in the game of basketball was really cool, and just being able to talk to uh, members of his family and just how his uprising to basketball really was so family oriented it was really cool and I it was kind of something that you expected when you knew you you heard all the names Kelser you knew basketball but just the the extent level of the people that you don't know like his dad and his uncle that were huge uh, role models as well and um, I mean Walt's been a fantastic player and just being able to spotlight that certainly is a great thing and it was just a really just kept every time I was writing this I'm like I cannot believe nobody has wrote this yet this is like mm-hmm. this is a piece of gold that no one's <laughs> touched yet
1: so it was good. Yeah, and that's kind of the cool thing about feature stories is you usually get to talk to sources that you wouldn't normally get to talk to, you know, just covering a, a game on the weekend or something like that, but it's it's a little bit different of a, a style for a story, but it, prov- it provides good content, I think. And we had two this week. Lee Higgins was also featured yeah, in I this sports section.
2: One, that one was a pretty fun one to write, honestly. It would kind of sucked because he... So, backstory we had me and Brandon had him on a podcast and we talked to him and then he mentioned he had a son so I was like wow that's really cool like I feel like nobody knows about that so that's why I want to write about him and then when I asked him about it he didn't really give me a whole lot to like write about so that kind of was like not great because I tried to like prime a little not like a lot where it was like rude but like enough where I could get some information so he gave me like some stuff to write about not as much as I wanted to but then I was like all right but it was a pretty good one to write because like I mean he went from like 3 years at a college in in Minnesota, St. Paul. Uh and then he spent 3 years there, you know, his kid was born and then now he's here and like none of his family has been able to see him yet because just traveling with a baby and traveling with his whole family is tough. So like kind of talking to him about that has been was like a really cool experience and then like also getting quotes from like Ben and like uh, Coach Broncom was like pretty cool to see what they were able to talk to him about that. The one crappy part is Broncomo like finally like reached out or got back to me like two days after I sent it in I was like, well, that's great. Like, that's awesome. So I had to like spend like three hours on the athletics page, like looking at old like interviews of him with Rob uh, Bentley and then just trying to find like pieces about Lee that he talked about. So like that was a rough one, but you know, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean we made it work, we got those quotes
1: in there, so no no worries there. Uh, Dylan, we talked a little bit talked a lot about hockey last week, but uh another hockey story this week and we're kinda touching on the improvement we're seeing from this team.
3: Yeah. Um, they're obviously uh, the obvious record improvement from one hundred twenty three and one to eight or ten and twelve now? Or uh, ten and twenty 10 and twenty. Yes, Yeah. Um, that's obviously big. Um, ten wins compared to one wins. Always take that. Uh, you, you see a little improvement on the penalty kill, but you see um, struggles on the power play, which if you, if you watched any Ferris hockey this year, you can you can definitely see there's issues with that. They just can't get that going. But a lot of the uh, guys on the team think it's only going to get better from here on out. And a little background. I was only able to get all three of my uh, sources for the story uh michaelian Picornian, and stein like one to two days before the deadline so that <laughs> was always fun um but all of those guys they have extreme belief in the bulldogs uh going on because uh, that, that that team's young as i mentioned in the article um and they have a lot of talent there and even the outgoing guys like McCallion, like believe it's only going to get better. And you got Stein doing better, and you got Paconi putting up points and goals. It's only going to get better. So it it's definitely something to watch out for.
1: Yeah, I mean a big step, obviously, from last year to this year, like you mentioned, and that only bodes well for the futures. Seeing as a lot of the guys on the team right now are still going to be here, and for the next year or two years in some cases, um, and then you know for guys like. Bradley Merrick who have played really well this season they've got three years left so bright future for Ferris hockey Um, and then Jeffrey we also talked a little bit about where I I alluded to you having wrote that uh, sports betting article that should run in the paper this upcoming week so look out for that but Jeffrey maybe if you want to give the listeners a little insight into into what you were talking about
4: there yeah so basically uh, I kind of just like looked at sports betting and kind of explained really how it works because you know it's It's a fairly, like, new thing, like, with the apps being out within the past, Mm -hmm. like, couple years. So kind of, like, just explain to how they worked. And then also talk to uh, Travis. He said he did a lot of sports betting and kind of got, like, insight on, you know, whether are you going to try to, you know, bet on, like, a high odds, you know, thing that ends up happening that you blow up and get, you know, thousands of dollars. Or are you taking those small bets each day just to get money? So it's 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 interesting because, you know, the, you're just, there's a lot of, like, high-odd bets that you can do, and if you hit, you know, you're, you're winning a lot mm-hmm. of money, but at the same time, you could be losing money if you're doing that every day because you're not hitting. Right. So it was just interesting to kind of see, like, different, uh, like, viewpoints on whether you should bet big, bet small, and then also, like, kind of, like, because sports betting is fairly uh, tw- 21 over, um, but I also wanted to kind of, like, reach down to, like, Uh, people who are not 21 because you could still sports bet but you just can't sports bet on some of the big apps that they have out there so being able to bet on sports still being under 21 but on different like websites or apps that was interesting to see like how they're kind of like Navigating their way through the sports betting world, not being twenty one
1: right yeah sports betting is is a really interesting thing i haven't actually personally done any because i'm not twenty one yet, but I know once I turn twenty one like i'm going be i'm going be sports betting a little bit just because you know maybe i'll maybe I'll get lucky and, and hit a big one time mm-hmm. but i don't know what do you guys think about sports betting I do um,
4: it and uh i've hit I've hit a couple of times i've lost a couple of times um just this past week uh I had odell um he needed five more receiving yards in the game and out of one, two hundred and fifty dollars. Tough. Yeah, and you wouldn't have gotten that got except hurt. for he got hurt, he, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was unfortunate. Like, I was like, No, catch the ball. <laughs> ah, he's hurt. Yeah. Get back up. Get back up, please.
1: Yeah, but what do you what do you guys Because. None of you guys are 21 yet, right? No. So you don't. Well, Brandon
2: is. I, I just turned 21. I
0: just turned 21. I've thought about it. Uh, I don't. I don't plan on doing it yet, just because I think there's some other financial things I want to take care of first. But I think it's definitely um, a way to increase the fan interaction within sport. I mm-hmm. think where that's just going to make it, because now we have all of these people that are like uh, looking for ways to make money, and it's like, oh, oh, really? I can, I can bet on sports and win. And now they're starting to file, and they're starting to become fans of it, and it's just creating a whole different industry. Now we got sports books everywhere. I mean, you got Caesars that's on literally every TV commercial. You got all you got Barstool now that has their own book, Bet Rivers, all those. But I think it's a, a really interesting idea. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I will indulge in it anytime soon, but I mean, it certainly makes it, uh, I would say, amplifies the experience. Because I did a, a story also as well before Jeffrey kind of leading up last year when it was actually made legal in Michigan. And everybody that's told, or everybody that I talked to source-wise, just says it makes the game that much more exciting. And I think that's what the bottom
2: line is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my roommate just turned 21, so he's been like betting on everything so far. He's taking kind of the opposite approach where as soon as he as soon as soon he turned 21, he just like bet on the Super Bowl. He's bet on just random college basketball games. Like every night when we watch TV, he'll just bet on the game that we're going to watch. And I mean, I mean, if he's got the money to do it, more power to him. But like, I don't know. I feel like I'll probably do it a little bit, but not like a crazy amount because I mean, it's a slippery slope. And stuff like that, because like if I lose it, I mean I could win it all back in one bet, but like I mean I don't want to go too crazy or nothing like that. But <laughs> that's right. the mindset yeah. when you and lose that's it the, that's all. A, that's the thing when like it gets a little bit of a problem, it's like oh I can win it back real quick. I just gotta hit right hit right here, but I don't turn twenty one for another like three months. So yeah, it's a couple months for me it.
1: too. I I feel like for me I'm gonna ease into it because you know I don't know about you guys, but when you draft a fantasy team you look at it and you're like wow I'm gonna win the league, yeah. And then you finish like last place and then you know you kind of regret everything. So I'm hoping yep. that's not how my experience was for betting, but I guess we'll have to see. Dylan, you've got a couple years, so you're 21, right? Yeah. So, what do you I, have to look forward to there?
3: I mean, I've looked at, like, I have the FanDuel app on my phone. I can't technically place bets, but I like looking at what I could place. That that makes me happy. <laughs> and I, I wanted to lead into the, uh, a little story. Uh, so, this past NFL season, Ravens Raiders, I was just looking at, like, what could make me money? Uh, I had Latavius Murray, anytime touchdown scorer, uh, Darren Waller, and I think uh, Hunter Renfro or Henry Rugg is one of the two, uh, anytime touchdown scorer. And I was just watching the game, obviously didn't place anything on it. And in succession, I see a Latavius Murray touchdown, uh, the wide receiver touchdown, and then Darren Waller gets the tying touchdown or the overtime winning touchdown. And I just kind of sat there because I I just kept thinking if I like put ten or twenty dollars on that I could have made a grand, mm-hmm. and it hurt me <laughs> so deeply, and I was so upset that I couldn't because that to me is so much money off of just something so easy, and I had, ever since I've been looking at like like just betting and just seeing, okay, but if I did this this and this. I can make this. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're planning that's for where it, the That's where it gets dangerous,
2: though. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I mean, if I just put down, like, five bucks, I could win, like, a two grand thing. Yep. I'm
1: shot for cash. You do that 15 times, and all of a sudden, you're out a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah, brother
2: missed out on, like, a, I think it was, like, a six-like parlay or whatever that he bet, like, ten bucks, and he would have won, like, nine grand or something like that. <laughs> to everyone listening, you know, we don't condone betting. There's, 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 there's no. a couple
4: of things you have to know. If you're going to be sports betting, please do your research. Do not just randomly bet on random things and think it's going to happen because your odds are very, very low in that. Yeah, you don't, do your see, research, don't see a
1: $15,000 payout on a $5 <laughs> bet and assume that it's just going to happen. Do yeah. your
4: research before you bet. And also, I have a little story. So there's first basket parlays that you can build, and those are like, like the odds are crazy because like every one is like at least a plus 70, like 750. So... Me and my friend were just sitting there, we put together a, a six-leg a six parlay of players h- hitting the first basket. And all I needed was Miles Bridges to score a layup. Because every, every game, the Charlotte Hornets, they do the same exact play, they get him attacking the basket, and usually he'll make the layup, or a dunk. Mm-hmm. They fouled him, he made both free throws, and Pascal Siakam came down the floor and hit a layup, <laughs> and it ruined my whole bet. That was the only person I needed, and we lost it. And we could have made like it was like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars just Holy off crap, dude. just off of wow. that. Wow,
1: that's insane. How much? How much did you have to put on that on
4: it to ten cents on it? Holy crap! Okay, that's, that's insane. Ten cents on draft. I'm, I'm, itching the I'm itching to bet. Yeah, I'm itching to bet, dude. It's, uh, it's it's in a, it's an it's like a adrenaline rush because you're like ah oh, like you're engaged in it because now you have something that actually is like going for it like you really want this to happen so you're gonna be engaged with the game and then you know it just, it's it's kind of like gets you back to like like kind of like your playing days if you ever played sports or if you ever like were involved in sports It kind of gets you in that that rush again uh,
3: yeah, you gotta, go to, go, to the the tracks, gotta yeah, go to the tracks go to the tracks that's sharpening. that's how I
1: feel about fantasy too it's the same thing so I'm sure that for sports betting it'll be the same way but. I don't know, I think sports betting is a really interesting concept, kinda of like you were saying, Brandon. It it takes fans and it expands the fan base, I guess. So it's only good for sports, I think, but that's just an opinion. Maybe that could be a good opinion for one of us to write Ooh, in the section. Is sports betting good or bad for yeah, the world yeah. of sports? Yeah. That'd and be an interesting one. And especially for yeah, yeah
0: that would be cool especially for like guys like us that were heavily indulged in the sport itself we do we do research naturally and we're already considered like we would consider ourselves a- analysts for sure mm-hmm. so like to us it's like different than just like the general public right because some of them are like they don't know as much and sometimes you know that comes to kill you I mean especially like in March madness for example yep. the more you know the worse you do almost kind exactly. of at that point exactly. it's it's really a slippery slope but I mean it's it's gonna be a really interesting industry that's only really really going to go up because it's just growing and it, anybody thinks it's going to slow down you're wrong it's no, going to keep going once they on right legalized
4: up. it for apps like to go like on your phone i just knew that this is going to be something that's going to take off because yeah, like, you, know, you got people who just they just watch sports all the time and you know most of them they probably end up going to this casino already to put these bets on the sports game so now if they could do it right from their phone that's just going to increase the activity of sports betting. So that's why right. I think it's like really blowing up a lot.
1: Yep, I I definitely agree. I think that uh, well, one of my roommates who sports bet says since you're paying online, it seems like you're not really paying, type of thing. <laughs> you're paying, um, but yeah, that that mindset could be dangerous for sure. But I'm sure that it, I'm sure that helps the the industry as a whole. But anyways, Brandon kind of alluded to uh, March Madness coming up. So college basketball is super interesting this year. I personally feel like last year. Um, The league as a whole was a little deeper. There were were more teams that were high-end this year. There's not quite so many high-end teams, but there's still a lot of really good teams from a lot of different conferences.
0: Yeah, me and Joe talked about this a little bit on the MVSP too of like, you're exactly right, like it's not necessarily just like the top heavy, like we had Gonzaga and Baylor last year, pretty much undisputably at 1A, 1B, everybody else is like 4, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But now you got you got teams like Auburn, Arizona, I mean Kentucky just lost, so they're now falling, you've had Purdue that's been in and out, you have all those teams where it's like every <sighs> week it's like, oh yeah, this team's gonna make it all the way, or this team should be number one, right? There's always these foot flops so, I mean, you look at a lot of those Teams and it's just going to be a really, really deep bracket. I feel like at the top, and especially now you got some teams like uh, like the in the Big Ten, and then you get the ACC as well that are really going to be a lot deeper than they were, especially a couple years ago. So it's going to make it even more exciting.
1: Yeah, I think we're in for a good. We we'll say this every year, but I think we're in for another good March Madness. Maybe not for all of our brackets, but in terms of the viewing experience, I think we're in for a, mm-hmm. a in for a treat this year. But like I said, say that every year. So yeah. we'll I think see.
2: I think good March Madness is just if there's an upset. Like yeah, I agree. When, when it all goes like according to like the rankings, it's like the worst because you're just like, well, that's no fun because you're not going to see like a 15 upset of two. Those are the best ones, I think. Because I mean, we saw UMBC like a couple of years ago when they upset number one, but like. We see like the threes get upset, the twos get upset, and those are the those are the ones that shake up the bracket and really get it going. But
1: yeah, and last year was was interesting for that. I think what Ohio State lost as a two seed, uh, Virginia lost as a three seed or four seed maybe. Yeah, um, they've lost th- as a one seed too. Yeah, they've lost as a one seed too. So yeah, last year for sure was there were some nice upsets. Purdue lost as a four seed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so as fans, we can only hope that that happens again. You this guys year. ever
2: have a a bracket that was like ridiculously good, like where like. Even ridiculously
1: like a, good for my standards, or ridiculously no, good like, for everyone so else's like online, standards. So,
2: online, so you know how, like, on, when you go on like ESPN or whatever, and yep. it shows like what percentile you're in, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I got to the like final four and like the top one percent one time, but like that's like the best I have ever gotten. Like, whatever you yeah.
1: I feel like I don't, I don't have, I've never come anywhere close to that. Usually, my brackets are busted by the end of the first weekend.
0: Yeah, I think I've had a couple. I know like last year um, one of our one of mine did really well that we did with the uh, the torch cuz I was mm-hmm. slicking up to Pick Baylor, but uh there was I I mean that was a, a rough road cuz I had some sleeper teams like I think I had Purdue going to like the Sweet 16 and that busted out a quadrant of my bracket, so yep. But I've had a couple. I think I've had a couple that have made the 95 by the end of it, but that's a rarity, though, too. you got to fill out eight to get which one or two. It's like taking pictures, right? 3000 for one magic one, it seems like.
4: Yeah. yeah. The year I had uh, Michigan State beat Duke, that was the year I had the best bracket of my life. Yeah. And I was crushed when Texas Tech ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I remember, I remember watching
2: that game at uh, my senior prom. Like, we had, like, it because everybody was mad c- that Michigan State made it because, like, I have a whole bunch of friends that are Michigan State fans. So my friend brought his PS4 and his TV to prom, and <laughs> yes. we set it up in the corner, nice. and we were legendary. watching it. And like we had probably like half the people there like watching the game, and p- half legendary. the people watching or dancing and stuff. And I was just like, I mean, I just watch the game. Yeah, like,
1: I, we were on spring break when when Michigan State played Duke, and I'm a huge State fan, so yeah, I you can know, tell by that sweatshirt. Yeah, I, d- I do have a State a State sweatshirt on today, but uh, yeah, I remember watching that game. That's one of the greatest feelings I've ever had as a sports fan. I mean. Duke was the undisputed favorite to win three, everything that three year. Three
4: lottery picks yeah. on their team. Yeah, yep. I
1: mean, three of the best college athletes we have seen in decades, really, on the same team. Uh, and Cassius Winston was able to do it. So, yeah, I had a horrible bracket that year, but that's my favorite March Madness <laughs> memory for sure. Oh, yeah. Did you guys
3: uh, win your brackets last year? I didn't really Win? have too many great oh, no. brackets no. Last, no. Year. last year. I yeah. did really bad. I, I won mine. Did we you? had a massive, like, uh, friend group uh, that was into sports, and they all did their brackets. I think we had our, one of our history teachers on the bracket, too. Um, and I ended up picking uh, Baylor over Gonzaga and won it. And nice. It was literally, I was doing so poorly, but just because I had uh, Baylor over Gonzaga... I took the yep, entire those, thing. That's all you final to games,
1: or that final game when gets you, you a lot of points. When you
3: predict the champion right, that's the money right
1: there. When you get the final game right, too, yeah. you know, that helps as well. But uh, I think I've only picked the champion correctly once in like the past six or seven years. And it was when UNC won with, uh, was it Justin Jackson that they yeah. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they had a really good team that year. Yeah, yeah. They, they were really good that year. I think I picked them over, was it Gonzaga? I can't remember now, but... I remember my bracket like got
2: busted when a Wisconsin upset uh, Kentucky when they yeah. were 39-1 and yeah, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And They didn't go undefeated that year. Mm, that was rough. Uh,
0: oh, man. I had one uh, back, what was it, 2012, 2011. I was, of course, Homer, Michigan, kid growing up. I'm like, they're going all the way. And then Luke, what was his name? Oh, my gosh. Uh pfft. I'm blanking. Who do you on his play name. for? Uh, Louisville. The guy that took over and beat us. Oh, I forgot oh. what his name was.
4: Peyton uh, Silva or Siva. Was it? I thought
0: it was somebody. It was like Hannock or something. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. Was but. it a guard? No, Hancock. That's who it was. Hancock took over and beat us, and that was the one year I was like this close. Until last year when I
1: got Baylor. That was the first time. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah, I feel like it's. You know, if you wouldn't think that it'd be rare to pick the champion correctly. But it really is it's like it's hard to pick hard. because you want to go with the seeding and you want to go with who played the best in the regular season and whatever. But it's impossible to know enough about every team, you know who's cold, who's hot, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's tough to pick the champion for did sure. You guys,
2: did you guys predict uh, the loyal Chicago run a couple years ago? I had him in the elite eight. I, I have him. Um, the, I didn't have him in the final four though.
0: Sweet sixteen, I want to say. That team you knew it was gonna be good. Yeah, I you just throw I, the
1: seat out. I had a feeling with uh, with the sister, with sister Gene. Yep. I was I was kind of like, eh, they're, they're still maybe they'll be more They're my team. They're, they're still good. Now. They still are good.
4: I think they're on the bubble right now. I think so. I mean, last we're year they, the they're they like the top
2: of their but. conference, but like, it's still like a very low conference, or Yeah, yeah. They're like last year they are
4: going to beating
1: Illinois, right? Yeah, I think
2: so.
4: Yeah, I they were knocking Illinois off because that was a that was a game. It was. Just a crazy, crazy, crazy week for Chicago. I mean, mm-hmm. both of them are based in Chicago. You got Io one of the best players in college basketball, against Loyola, and that was a pretty good team. So I mean, yeah, was, but, I mean Loyola like, well, took it to them. That was it was crazy to see how they just like completely like damaged. Yeah, Cameron Crowe just
1: game. made Kofi Coburn look like he didn't even know how to play basketball. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I think this year is going to be is going to be really interesting. I think there's a lot of teams that could make a run. But it's, it's so
4: evenly matched this year because literally we've already seen upsets happening mm-hmm. <laughs> all year long. Yeah. I mean so. I think
1: I think the gap between like a two and a nine seat this year is gonna be so marginal that it might not even make a difference, honestly.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
0: especially even when you're you're looking at some of the teams that you know are in like the five to nine range that can legitimately make a run. USC was the team last year that did that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other teams that you know, there's always a double digit that's gonna make a run. Like um or was it Oregon State last year that yep, made, them, made, made the made the huge 16. run? Yep. And have
1: maybe even been in lead eight. Yeah, some, I think it was something. Like, I could check that. But. Yeah, no, they definitely won a few games. I know that yeah. for sure.
0: And then, of course, the fan favorites of, like, Oral Roberts that are not supposed to even be here. And then they mm-hmm. make the Sweet 16, and it yep. just makes it that much what Upsets, Joe's right, upsets make March
1: Madness what it yep. is. And UCLA, I mean, they were two seconds away from... Making the finals last that year. was so. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Dude, was, that game was crazy. I was, that was
4: That was one of the better college basketball games I've seen. In I was no, hurt bro. as a Michigan State fan seeing UCLA, UCLA go that far. I to know, know me too. That. But then Jalen Suggs we just beating them called, called games so that we bad. we
1: beat by 17 or whatever and it was. And they came back. Yeah.
2: Jalen Suggs just called it definitely game definitely
1: hurt me. Mm hmm. Jalen Suggs is too good.
2: Yeah, he's really he good. Well, I mean, he not, was definitely, not, he's not in the nice. NBA, yeah, in college, The NBA is yeah. a little bit bust, but, I mean. Uh,
4: I mean, I wouldn't call him a bust, yeah. I mean, he's just we'll trying. We'll he's, he's playing does. for the magic. He's, 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 he's putting up all right numbers. Um, but, like, I feel like like he's, like, one of the college legends. Like, he'll oh, yeah. go down for the shot he's for sure. A,
0: if he would have stayed one more year, he'd be
1: going number one. 100%. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Dylan, what do you think? You've been kind of quiet over here during this uh, college basketball talk. So
3: uh, I don't exactly follow college basketball when Michigan is dog water, <laughs> um, which they are this year. Just sadly,
4: um,
1: hey, don't talk yet. We still got to beat them again we beat uh, them
4: three times in one year remember
1: that oh i know it's but gonna happen again we did lose to penn state last night so
4: <laughs> mistakes happen was, mistakes
3: happen i was all over college basketball last year when michigan was like just shooting everything and just making it and i i remember staying up and watching the ucla game i also and did. feeling absolutely heartbroken because it was such like a defensive and sloppy game on both sides and just having UCLA come out on top kind of like tore my heart out for a minute where I had to like fully accept Michigan as a baseball school. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, no.
3: They were doing good in baseball too. Like oh no they're that crazy. Are you not gonna accept they're them good, as a football dude. school or a hockey school? I don't want to talk about it right <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> Hey, Owen Power, they just won, or Team Canada, I think, just was winning, I think? They lost 2-0. Slo- Slo- they actually lost? Oh, both, brother.
3: Uh, both U.S. lost and Canada lost. Yep. That's so they're bad. out of the tourney. Sweden and Slovakia. Yeah.
0: Brutal. But very but no, brutal. I, I can agree with you. I remember sitting on my couch at home and watching UCLA just gut out what was a pretty... Gross game. I would I would say gritty would probably be the more appropriate word. Yeah. But I mean, hey, you gotta give them credit. They played a better game. But yeah, you know, do we have a? I think we have a Mich- Is it a Michigan favorited room right now? Because it' be me and Joe and Dylan, right? Is Michigan fans, and then Brody and Jeffrey is State. Yeah,
4: they're so. 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 big State fan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, but uh we chose the winning side over here that's true Uh, that's right right how many
0: big titles we won last couple years
4: (laughs) what what sport are we talking about huh basketball oh tournament
0: championships i
1: mean we can talk about oh you didn't you didn't know (laughs) what you didn't know (laughs) what you mean you didn't know that you're the younger brother
0: (laughs) no is that what it is we can talk (laughs) about the
1: football score if you want to
0: We Uh, talk about hockey we beat you guys huh
1: you talk about hockey I actually yeah. don't know the first thing about Michigan State hockey, honestly. Uh, I just I know that Michigan
2: it. is very good at hockey, and Michigan State almost lost to us. So Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I feel like I'm pretty <laughs> Listen, sure Michigan we, State is like mid in hockey at best. They're not great. I,
2: I can we sum focus it up on, on really our with.
4: basketball, football, okay? Leave us alone. Historically, Michigan <laughs> State mean. hasn't
2: been really good. They haven't been really good since like 2011 when they had like the best college goalie of all time. Hmm. I forget his name, but he had like a 28 shutout season or something like that.
4: Hmm. We always have the best athlete. Deba- I mean, <laughs> debatable. <laughs>
2: but Magic Johnson? Debatable. That just went silent for a second. You can think about, I mean, Tom Brady. I can say the same thing. Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, was he really a college legend, though? Yeah, but if we talk about, if you're you saying Magic Johnson, Cousins? the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kirk Cousins. Dude, what's the, talk about Kirk Cousins. The, what are you Cousin defining as? as? Kirk Cousins was a baller Yeah, in, in college. college. But a- then, if you're saying the same thing about Magic Johnson, right. you yeah.
2: equate it to the NBA. So then, if you say, it,
4: Oh, we Magic Johnson won a championship in college.
2: Yeah, but then if you look at Tom Brady, he won as many Super Bowls as possible. Are we
0: talking collegiate success or pro success from the I collegiate we were standpoint? Talking about that's we oh, the okay. question.
2: I mean, it kind of just depends. You can say that for a lot of different athletes for
1: everything. I think I think uh, Michigan State, especially basketball, and under Izzo at least, has had. Some really talented players, but they've never had the top talent coming out of high school. But by the end of their collegiate career, they've been some of the best players in college. The development in Spartan basketball is is, is really good. I I agree. agree
2: I mean, you can't dispute that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How many guys do you see like Mr. Basketball that you you look at freshman year and you're like, hmm, they're not quite that good. And then by his... The senior year, they're like, okay, they're yeah. they're in the wooden conversation. I mean, it's I like, feel you like the, can respect that. I
1: feel like the only couple guys I can think of in the past few years that have come into Michigan State as a dominant player was Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Cassius Winston wasn't crazy when he came into Michigan State. Langford yep. was pretty good, but not yeah. nothing crazy. Tillman was barely playing as
4: a freshman, yeah. and every one of those
1: guys ended up being stars. Aaron Henry, same mean, thing. Some of
4: some of the some of the walk-ons that they. You know, are able to like really develop there, like Kenny Goins. Yep, mm-hmm. Kenny
1: Goins. Matt McQuaid was a really underrated guy. I don't think oh, yeah, he yeah. walked on, but no, he didn't walk he on. Th- he, was I think he was a three scholarship star. Yeah. Michael he was, Peterson he was in a. Yeah, Michael in a Peterson's Mike, next in line. Michael Peterson's next. I love, I love when uh, Michigan State's either up by a lot or down by a lot, and Peterson gets to come in. I just think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially the fact that we played him um, Earlier this year, that was a really cool moment seeing not only one but two sets of brothers that were going to be playing against each other. Mm-hmm. But it would have been it would have been fun to see Michael play in that game as well. But yeah. injuries suck.
1: I don't know. Do you guys follow the NBA much at all, or not really? A
2: little bit. I have the news. I up do. but like I don't follow like. A little I mean, bit. I like Detroit basketball, but I don't like follow as much. I follow like hockey or baseball or something like that.
1: Okay. Because I was going to say we could talk about the NBA a little bit if you guys want, or maybe we could look towards we Tigers. We talk about Kate Cunningham. Okay, I can
2: talk about a little bit about Detroit basketball.
4: Go ahead. More All right, Gade. take it away. Cade Cunningham. I believe he should be number one pick. I mean the uh, the rookie of the year, but he's not gonna get it because Detroit's record. But what he's doing is elevating the team when he plays. And that's like it's already like it's already great to see like how he's making the team better when he plays. Now we just gotta get the pieces to go around. Motorcade, and then we should be all right. Mm-hmm. So I don't want us to win a lot of games because that defeats the purpose. Because then we're <laughs> gonna get a, like a lottery pick or something like that, like late in the lottery. I want to get like top three pick and then get one of the top three guys coming out of the draft. And I want it to be like a center, or a power forward that can like, like Oscar rise Shibway?
1: above the rim. A player like that, like who? Oscar Shibway from Kentucky. Mm. Aren't they saying he's supposed to go like top five?
4: I mean the way he's playing, he'll be up there. Yeah, I like Paolo. I don't like Chet because I don't think Chet's. I don't think his his game, like he, his body frame, yeah, is just really not, not going to work for like the thin. NBA. Yeah, home Like we we yeah. kind of yeah we yeah. kind of see like Chet home I kind of see him as like a ball ball. Like he's <laughs> super thin and it's mm-hmm. not going to really.
1: Like, but he's a, he's a good shooter, and I don't know. The NBA will definitely bulk him up. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So. I think if he wants to fit in Detroit, I think the the biggest thing would be the toughness factor, because that's the things that you've seen with Cade. That's the things you've seen with Sadiq. That's what you've seen with Isaiah, and that that they've just came around that culture. I think is what's really made this team like so likable for being, you know, only a fourteen
2: win team. Yeah, right I, I now. really I really like Sadiq Bay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sadiq was a great I pick. Feel
4: like. They should definitely like, look to lock him up for, for a while sure. to pair him and Cade with another, another, another top three star somewhere. Yeah.
3: Sadiq goes off. Um, I'm not, I don't follow too close, but I, I follow Sadiq. Uh, and every time, a lot of the times he plays, he's dropping like 20 points and doing extremely well. Uh, playing with Cade too—that's always good for him. Cade always does better when he plays with Killian Hayes as well. Mm-hmm. I saw a stat on that. The I kind of—I
4: kind of like where they have Killian coming off the bench because he provides a playmaker in the second unit that we need, and then he's also like—he just plays better when he can be the sole playmaker in the unit. But I mean, when when I I was at the game uh, when Sadiq Bay hit the game winner against uh, San Antonio. It was a wild arena that night. It was a wild. It was it was crazy. Everyone was going crazy, cause it was like a, it was like a a, a tip pass from uh, what's his name, uh, Derek Walton, mm-hmm. uh, used yeah. to play for Bullen Michigan. Junior. Yep. yep. Yeah, and uh, he caught it and then went up where and made it, and it was like electrifying. <laughs> it was a, uh, a game winning shot. So I mean, kind of like shows like. Him and Cade, they are like they already have that clutch gene where they're gonna like we can go to them to get shots late in the game. Huh. Mm-hmm.
3: I uh I was at uh, when Miami came to play in Detroit. I went to that game. They actually won, so that's always a plus. You don't see that much from Detroit. Ouch. To be fair, though. Uh, broke. Uh, who was it? It was Jimmy Butler was out. Bam Adebayo was out. Um, who was the other one? Hero maybe. Yeah, uh, Hero Tyler was Hero. out. Tyler Hero. All three of those. So they're like big three were out, um, and they won. So a little bit better odds for Detroit there. Mm-hmm. Heat were at their best. So that was always fun. I'm actually going to a Pistons game. Uh, I think what, what day is it? They would be the Wednesday 16th. in eight days. They're playing so next nice
1: uh, or next Thursday.
3: Yeah, they're playing the Cavs. Oh, nice! That's, oh. Be, that's, that's a good Darius game to Garland go to. Is a baller. Yeah, that's that, a good
4: game to go to. They they won their last matchup against the Cavs. Yeah, so.
0: that's a team that we need to build like because they figured it
4: out. Yeah, yeah and yeah. like a couple years too. Mm-hmm. I and feel like build. I feel like like a couple, you know, maybe about four or five years from now when those rookie contracts are up. We might be able to see Cade Cunningham bring some of those dudes in that draft class over to Detroit with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'd be interesting to see too.
3: Would you uh what'd you think about that Marvin Bagley trade, that sole trade that was made at the deadline? I think it's I think it's good for Detroit because you you didn't really give away much.
4: You gave away Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson. I mean, those are gonna be, you know, bench players at their best. Um, Trey Lau is kind of like a NBA journeyman turning into that now, uh, so to get a player that could possibly have a lot of upside is a good thing for them because now you 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 pairing Cade with someone who can uh, be athletic around the rim and get those like those oops and stuff that come off. Uh, assists and stuff so that's going to be big for him and then like even in his first game you kind of seen him like kind of pl- play good he had 10 points and eight rebounds just in you know like 20 something minutes so I mean if he if, I've, I feel like eventually he'll probably work his way into a starter here and I think that's going to be good for him because now he's getting a, a chance to really show what he can do as well
3: yeah my 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 reaction uh when I heard that uh, Detroit got Bagley was discussed, and then I thought about it. and knowing knowing that all Detroit gave up was Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, and then dispersing second round picks to that four team trade, that's not a bad price for Marvin Bagley. Even he hasn't lived up to his expe- expectations, uh, especially when he was well when he playing for Sacramento. Never lived up to his expectations. um but paying almost that, that discount price for Bagley, not bad, and ultimately will be just a pretty good pickup for them. Yeah,
4: basically what they're trying to do is they're basically going to see like how he works out for the rest of this year and if they want to end up trying to bring him back on a contract for, for, for a long, uh, long term or maybe even a short term. But to give up really you know, people they are probably going to be out of here in a couple years anyway or maybe a year or so, Um, it doesn't really cost much. And then, you know, second-round picks, you barely ever hit on, you know, a diamond in the rough in the second round, especially, like, in the NBA. It's like, you know, you got your your lottery picks, and then there might be a couple guys that go after that, but usually it's lottery picks, you know, or kind of like bust. And there's a couple guys that, you know, have, you know, made it afterwards, but it's not, like, a, like a, a common thing. So for them to get him, and like try to see what he's what he's gonna be like. And he's also like in Sacramento he wasn't playing it to his best ability because he's it's kinda Sacramento. hindered by their organization. Yeah. I mean <laughs> they might be worse than the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough you know, uh, At least tough at least at beat. least Detroit has some championships in their in their past <laughs> years, you know. So I mean it's 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 a interesting uh that they were able to acquire him and see how he works out for the rest of the year
3: definitely one of those just moves to kind of they they get they get bagley but ultimately sacramento really wanted to dump bagley uh they were desperate i'm yeah. pretty sure and one of the headlines i read
4: i don't feel like they really they really wanted him there it was like a because he wasn't really getting much playing time and that's kind of something that you know, a young person who's coming into league, they need playing time in order right, to really to develop, find, their, yeah. find their way around the NBA. So, I mean, he's going to end up getting that playing time in Detroit, so we're going to be able to see just exactly, you know, what his potential is. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, well, let's transition here for just a few minutes before we wrap it up, talk about the Tigers. The MLB is in a little bit of uh, not a great place right now with the Players Association, but yeah, no. we're looking like at some point we'll at least get a season, so... Joe, what do you think about the Tigers this year?
2: I love where the Tigers are at. Honestly, we got a really great farm system. Especially if you've been to a Whitecaps game recently. I mean, last last summer with I mean Torkelson and Dingler, they they were really lighting up at the plate. And I mean, when when you got when you got I mean, 2,000, 3,000 fans at the Whitecaps get on their feet every time you come up to the bat because they know that you're going to do something special. You know that you're a, a really good draft pick, and he was able to do that. I mean, he had, I think in his short, like, two months or three months with the Tigers, he had, like, I mean, 12 home runs, I think almost 20 doubles or something like that, and every time he came up to the bat, he would have almost a 100-mile-an-hour exit velocity, so he's really good. Riley Green's been really good at producing uh, in the AAA right now. I mean, uh, Torkelson's up now, I think, I think he's going to start AAA, I think, at the at this season. Because uh, he was at um, the – what is it? What like is it? What's our D2? Or our AA. Erie. Yeah, Erie. Oh, he, he was at Erie, and then Mudd's he got to Toledo. Got, oh, Hens. End of the year. Yeah, Mudhens is AAA. Oh, that's, that's right. AAA. Uh, yeah. So he was there, so that's going to be good. I think he's going to maybe spend a month there, and he'll probably get called up because, I mean, he's going to be a good spot to be able to kind of take over for where Miguel Cabrera left off because that's how much – that's how much faith I have him, and that's how much faith a lot of the fans have in him as kind of being that next player. And I mean, we're pretty good. Casey Mines had a little bit of a slow, a slow start for his first couple of years uh, that he's been on the team, um, but I think he'll be able to figure it out pretty Towards well.
1: Towards the end of last year,
4: he was pretty reliable. Yeah, he was pretty yeah. so yeah. The beginning, cause At the he beginning,
2: he was really slow. Yeah, and like he was kind of really losing touch with his stuff, but he was able to kind of pick it up a little. He kind of, he, yeah.
4: k- he kind of said uh, it was maybe like a couple weeks ago. Um, he was somebody had asked him like, "What are the, what are like realistic expectations for the Tigers this year?" And he was just saying like, w- "We're a playoff team. We're going to be pushing for the World Series." I they think have, so. They have the talent to do it. Adding Javi Baez, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best idea. It's 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 a. It's you a, don't like Baez?
2: I like him as a as a as a fielder. But as a hitter, he is very spotty.
4: Yeah, but I know. Is, that's true. That he's very true. But those, those are things he, that you can always work on. That
2: is true. I think he's going to be good at an eight-nine spot in the lineup. Like he'll be able to maybe provide a spark if he can get a hit or whatever. But he's definitely not a guy who I think is going to make an immediate impact. Uh, on the offensive side. But I mean, we already got good enough guys to be able to do stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I
1: I think the biggest thing to provide hope for the Tigers is just that they've improved so much in the past three years. Like was it four seasons ago maybe they were last in the MLB and it wasn't four even close. Four or five yeah. seasons
2: ago we almost hit that hundred nineteen loss mark yeah. that we had yeah, a couple of exactly like ten so years ago.
1: Last year to be even hovering around five hundred, I think almost was a almost like a wild sign. card yeah, spot too. They were here. close. They were close. So I think it'll be an interesting season for the Tigers as long as we can get a season. I feel like yeah. our
4: our bullpen gotten better this mm-hmm. offseason so mm-hmm. yep. that's something that we desperately needed that's yeah probably the our achilles heel oh yeah that's true when whenever whenever the starter goes out it's pretty much downhill as soon as yep. as soon yeah. as he comes out and so, injuries mean,
1: in the starting rotation if we can avoid that oh, yeah.
2: this year that's the most yeah. annoying thing too is because Illich, the Illich family is like i think the fifth or sixth richest family or owners in in baseball and they're like don't shell out any money and i'm like, like in a in a game where you have a sal don't have a salary cap I mean, I have mixed feelings about no salary caps or whatever, but like in a game where you don't have a salary cap, why are you not just shelling out money to these players to get guys here? And especially when you could have gotten Carlos Correa over Javi, ba- Javi Baez. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I, like him as a cheater because he is a cheater, but he's still a great baseball player. So, I mean, when you could have shelled out money to try to convince him to come here, but then you give you know a crazy amount of money to Javi Baez, I don't know if that's the best idea. You still can. You still, you still can. can. He's, he's, uh, still he's can. unsigned. He's that unsigned. is true, but I don't think they will. Yeah. He's
4: unsigned. You never know. You never know. We're gonna can need see if they actually make the right
2: decision. 360 to get carl's Correa. Yeah. You never know. 360 or at least.
3: After up, we though. paid javi 150,
0: almost 150.
3: Yeah. So uh, I'm a Cubs fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: Whoa. <laughs> Why are you all over the place with <laughs> well, your, your face? Nothing to really
3: Does it help if I say I'm a Pirates fan too? You're, I I just you're, just do. you're wearing a, a
2: Penguins doesn't. hat, a Detroit basketball hoodie. He's wearing Your Michigan shoes. He's
0: wearing University of
2: Michigan shoes. Well, what is, what is that underneath? Is it's this? a penguin shirt. Oh, it's, my it's a hodgepodge but, um, that you got going
3: over there. Like, like Joe was saying, I with uh, not spending any money, the Cubs organization, frugal, really frugal. Didn't spend anything this pa- before this year. They were silent in any free agency. The only decent pickup was, uh, God, what was his Would name? Would have been Marcus Stroman? Stroman this year, um, but beforehand, uh, I'm trying to think of it. He played for the Dodgers. Um, Jock Peterson, oh yeah, Peterson. yes, he, he did yes. did good. Then they traded him to Atlanta. Then they traded Chris Bryant to the Giants, Rizzo to New York. He could come back though. He could. They've they've been talking about it. And Baez to the Mets. Literally stripped their organization down literally on the same day. Broke my heart. Mm -hmm. So My girlfriend's family, they're all Cubs fans. So
1: I remember that. I was at their house on that when they were trading all those players away, and (laughs) they were just so upset. Like, why? I don't understand. I was like, now you know what it's like to be a Tigers fan. We just lose everything. Man, Go from Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, David Price to... Matthew Boyd. <laughs> when I, when every, I
2: single, every single pitcher in that rotation and two of our bullpen guys win a win a ring, but not with the Tigers. That's ridiculous. Yep. When I yep. seen
4: them trade J D. Martinez, I just looked in the mirror and said, "What are they doing?" He's I knew that was a young. downfall. I knew that he's was a downfall of Detroit baseball. Was when we got he's rid He's one of the JD best Martinez. hitters in baseball. Yep. Why would you trade him away?
1: That's the that's the frustrating part about baseball. Is an organization knows when they got to go through a six year rebuild, and they just start trading their pieces away that won't be there at that point. And it's a long, it's a long it's and a painful long, process to, to get really back up there. And it really sucks that the it's city of Detroit
2: is going through that at the same time for every single sports team. Detroit's oh, just been, or, yeah, because football's been going on forever, so we're we're used to that. But just like right. with baseball and hockey. I mean, that's... And it's been a, tough, it's just, it's like, been a tough
1: past six, seven years for Detroit sports fans, but for sure. But just in
2: the next five years when the rebuilds are finally done, mm-hmm. dude, Detroit's going to be rocking. Hopefully. As yeah. so long think, as
1: everything goes according. I, I definitely think that the Tigers are bound for at least an ALCS in the next two
2: seasons, two or three seasons. Yeah, so I'd I I say max four, though. and they'll be yeah. able to make yeah, it. Yeah,
0: whoever but, said yeah. that we were winning less than 80 games this year after we won how many last year with what we had and then the additions, and then the fact we have four top 100 prospects that could possibly make their Major League debut I don't think Dingler and Joby will get there yet, and but it'll be two years down the road. That's just—I don't know where you get that number.
1: You know, I don't know.
0: Just doesn't make sense. And the division hasn't even improved that much. Well, you no. we got White we Sox,
1: love, but like the White Sox are the only team. That but that's are really one team, elite. though. Yeah, the,
0: that's you. Do you think that the Guardians are gonna win 80 games? No. Just the name change by alone is gonna deplete that franchise. But no, there's a lot of promise, though. I agree. We have to make sure we keep playing... It's it has sucked, but if the prominence will come as long as we trust it and that everything goes according to plan. Yep.
3: As Detroit sports, I got one question for you guys before we finish off here. Go ahead. So, of the four uh, sports teams in Detroit, how do you rank them um, when it comes to like contender wise? Currently. Yeah. Currently. currently. Tigers.
4: Yeah. Red Wings. Lions. Pistons. Well, I mean, no, I'd put the Red Wings and then. I'd go with the Lions and then Pistons.
1: So Tigers, Red Wings, Lions, Pistons?
4: Yeah.
0: I would put them in the same – I'd do the same order,
4: um, but I would flip the Lions and the Pistons at the moment. Yeah, that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. The The reason i I put the the Lions over the Pistons is because if we can keep the coaches we have, especially Aaron Glenn on the defensive coordinator, I feel like we're going to end up being a a playoff team – like a lot sooner than a lot of people think, because, I mean, just last year they were playing with undrafted free agents at the cornerback spot. And yeah, the, and they did play their defense. Well. That's true. I mean, we had a a worse defense talent wise than we had the year before, and we were a lot better. So I mean, that mm-hmm. just shows like that they know what they're doing over there. They know I what guess they're doing.
1: I guess I'm thinking of it more like a season away. So the Pistons not this year, but next year and then the Lions next season. And I feel like the Pistons are probably a little closer than the Lions, just because... Basketball, it's a little easier to turn a franchise around with, right, you know, playing yet. five guys than it is 26 on a football field yeah. or 22 on
4: mm-hmm. a football field. Who but. knows? Maybe Jared Goff gets it in him somewhere and he yeah. ends up <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he he winning view. us nine games or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. can <laughs> see it. I can see it. Yeah. Yes. I, I would
0: agree with you, Jeffrey, though, that like the Lions you have like the more optimism for at the moment, I put the Pistons above because the NBA, it's easier to make the one year jump yep. of a run. But now that's changed now with Cincinnati. That's changed drastically. But the fact of like, you could put it together in one off faster for an NBA franchise than you can an NFL franchise, but
1: yes. the perception is changing. And I think the Pistons have fewer holes to fill than the Lions do. Like the Lions have a lot of work to do at a lot of different levels. Yeah, the Pistons just needed a couple pieces, and they might be there. Yeah, yeah. But I think those two are definitely the last. Oh, yeah. you know, three <laughs> and four. There's no yeah.
0: doubt they're the last. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people don't realize the Wings, man. They're, wings? they're 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 following the process, the Stevie White plan, man. It's coming I'd, together.
3: I'd place them at the top. I would go Red Wings, Tigers, um, Pistons, Lions. I respect that. Yeah, um, I think I might I might
2: agree with you, Dylan, because Eisman's plan I think is going to maybe need a year, and then we're going to start start
4: riding it out. I think the Tigers could beat like a playoffs this year, like and like a team to like really watch yeah, out for. I
1: honestly I honestly feel like the Tigers are going to be right there for the wild card this year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: would the would the perception of the rankings change if we said? win it all in five years and not make the playoffs next year. To win that's it where it all, gets interesting. I think
1: to win it all, I still think the Tigers would have the best shot. And But then it'd be a little bit more of a conversation with the Red Wings. I think the Tigers are the clearest contenders for this upcoming season.
4: I'd hate to say it, but to win it all in the, like the next five years, I I'd, I'd say Detroit. Lions, because... If they're able to lose enough games or like string together a package to get one of those top quarterbacks coming out of the draft next year, they 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 might be a, like a a really good team that was just put in a situation kind of like Cincinnati, where you know the quarterback was he Joe Burrow went out and they end up you know picking fourth and then now look at them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's true. That's a so, good I mean, point. I kind of see that that could that could, that could possibly happen with the Lions because we have the coaches in place. Now we just got to add talent. I mean this this draft I feel like we we add linebackers, um, a couple uh, defensive backs, uh, some weapons at the receiver spot. But then the, the year after you you really target a, a quarterback like Bryce Young going out because I think Bryce Young is going to be. Uh, a good quarterback in the NFL because he's already showing, like, comp- like his his composure during, like, big moments in games are just mm-hmm. incredible.
1: Yeah, well, I guess only time will tell, uh, and only time will tell where we go from here. So, Joe, you want to bring us home?
2: Sure, thank you. Are, do you want me to end it out or just – Yeah, uh, go ahead. Thank you for listening, giving us, uh, giving us one of your much-valued listens. We had a great time today on the podcast, great time hanging out with Brandon, Dylan, Brody, and Jeff. Always a good time. We're going to be back next week with some more recap of what we wrote in the, in the paper. I can't talk right now. It was a good time. So thank you so much for listening. Take care.